Welcome. Welcome to Fearless with Jason Whitlock. I am Jason Whitlock, your host. Happy Tuesday. Isn't it good? It's Tuesday. You're settling into your work week. You got me to listen to on your drive home. It's going to be an awesome Tuesday. It's going to be an awesome show. You're going to, right now, start pounding that like button and giving this show the 5,000 likes that it deserves. Uh, if you're listening over Apple, you're going to start pounding that five-star review. We got spammed on Apple with one-star reviews as people that don't like me and don't like what we represent continue to work against us. They dropped our rating from a 4.8 to a 4.9 with the spamming of our Apple. I need you guys to spam back. We got to fight this algorithm. We got to fight the forces against us. Hit that five-star review over Apple. The other side is working, trying to diminish this show. Uh, write a review. Uh, if you're watching over YouTube, again, make sure you've hit the notifications and you're getting the alerts. Make sure you hit that like button. Make sure you're writing comments on all of our content. That's your way of helping to push back and fight back so that I can continue to deliver you this awesome content that I'm going to deliver to you today. We have a awesome show. Uh, before I get into it, because I'm, I'm circling back in on uh, Caitlin Clark and this whole women's basketball thing. This thing is so much bigger, so much broader than many of you realize. That's why you have me to unpack it and explain it to you. Gonna do it again today. Before I do that, I wanna tell you about my good friends at Cozy Earth. As I've told you guys, I have Cozy Earth bedding at home. I have one bed, I have two bedrooms in my apartment. One of them uh, has Cozy Earth bedding. One of them does not. Cozy Earth makes a huge difference. Going to bed at a decent hour didn't always mean I got enough sleep. Oftentimes I was either too hot or too cold or just not comfortable. But when I get on those Cozy Earth sheets, I'm temperature controlled, I'm always cool, calm, and collected. It's much easier for me to sleep. I'm a weirdo. My sleeping pattern is completely off. Uh, I tend to uh, kind of sleep in two different bedrooms, uh, even, sometimes even in the same night, and it's always a gigantic difference from my bedding and my bedroom that has cozy earth I sleep longer, I sleep better, I sleep more coolly there. That's a queen bed. The other bedroom has a California king. Sometimes I like more space and room. It just the feeling. But I'm always better off on my cozy earth sheets and bedding. It's so I, they're so confident that you'll love their product like I love their product. They'll offer you one, a 100 night sleep free trial, which means you have 100 nights to sleep on it, wash it, try it out. If you're not completely in love, just like I am, just send it back for a full refund. Whether it's their luxury sheets, available in five awesome colors, loungewear, pajamas, or premium waffle bath towels, you'll love shopping at CozyEarth.com. My audience can save up to 35% on Cozy Earth right now. All you have to do is go to CozyEarth.com and enter my promo code, 
FEARLESS to save up to 35%. That's CozyEarth.com, promo code FEARLESS. Listen, your guy listening to this show and your wife does the shopping, tell her you want Cozy Earth for a multiple reasons. First and foremost, you're going to sleep better. But the other reason is you'll be supporting me in this show. You'll be supporting our way of life. You'll be supporting a parallel economy that works against these big corporations that are selling us out. You know, there's big brands right now spending money on Dylan Mulvaney. That ain't cozy earth. They're with us. Plus, you're just going to sleep better on cozy earth. So use my promo code fearless. All right. Uh, let's get to the fire starter on this show. This fire starter is going to be amazing in a different way than yesterday's was. Uh, Delano Squires is going to be here to talk about this fire starter and his column that he wrote today for the blaze that has perfect synergy with the topic I'm about to unpack. I need you guys to sit back, Get ready to have your head explode. Get ready to have your whole outlook and perspective on what's going on in women's basketball and why Jill Biden and the Biden family care about what's going on in women's basketball. I'm about to break it all down. Uh, so last night a friend sent me an angry text. He was upset that First Lady Jill Biden wants the Iowa women's basketball team to accompany national champion LSU to the White House. His text read, this, F, this is effing ridiculous. So the all-white team loses and gets an invite to the White House for sportsmanship. This friend of mine, good guy, trust me, he's a former athlete, married father of three, has daughters, he's a passionate sports fan. Like many black Americans, my friend sees issues through a racial lens first. First, not exclusively, but first. Social norms have programmed us to see the world in stark black and white contrast. Jill Biden's, Jill Biden's interest in Caitlin Clark and the Iowa Hawkeyes must be tied to race. There could be no other explanation. Well, <laughs> actually there is another explanation. Politics. Politics are, the, are at the root of Biden's interest in the Hawkeyes. Jill Biden is conducting outreach to the state that hosts the first presidential primary slash caucus of the 2024 election cycle. Perhaps more important, Jill Biden's recruiting Caitlin Clark. Democrats control culture. They dictate what is broadcast on television, showcased at movie theaters, popular on the radio, and who has the most influence via Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook? <laughs> well, guess what? Caitlin Clark appears to be the next big thing in sports. She feels like Tiger Woods and Steph Curry rolled into the same package. She's the biggest star in all of college sports. Stick with me here. I mean, that, that sounds incredible. Some woman basketball player that you hadn't heard of two weeks ago, she's the biggest star in college sports. All right. Name another college athlete, male or female, with as much name recognition as Caitlin Clark. You can't do it. No one can name anyone who played in last night's men's championship. I think that was San Diego State versus UConn. Did anybody watch? Did anybody really care? That game was awful. 
who are the Danny Hurley and Brian Dutcher? I know them because I'm a hardcore sports journalist. You don't. Those were the coaches. The only player that I can name is I think a dude named Lamont Frazier hit the shot for San Diego State that put them into the championship game. I'm a hardcore sports writer, sports fan. Lamont Frazier, if he walked in here right now, I wouldn't know him. I know his name because he hit a shot. But if he walked in here, other than being tall, I wouldn't bat an eye. I wouldn't know. So let's move over to football because that's where college, that's where the stars are really at. In basketball, we know that's been ruined by the one and done. They all run to the NBA and, and no one knows who they are unless they're involved in some murder investigation like Brandon Miller at Alabama. But again, Brandon Miller's from Nashville, Tennessee. If he walked in here right now, I might recognize him because he's really tall and it would make me think but if not for that murder investigation, who knows who Brandon Miller is, and he's probably going to be the number one pick in the NBA draft. But Caitlin Clark, she, she, she dwarfs everybody, including Caleb Williams, the USC quarterback. That dude won the Heisman Trophy last year. I love college football. I played college football. If Williams walked into this studio right now, he would have to introduce himself to me. He'd just be another little six foot guy walking into this office. If Kaylin, Caitlin Clark walked in here, I'd recognize her instantly. I'd probably even be a little bit starstruck. And I've only seen two of her games. She's different. Her style of play is unique. It's must see TV. Caleb Williams plays exactly like every other six-foot quarterback Lincoln Riley has coached to the Heisman Trophy. Caleb Williams is a gimmick. Caitlin Clark is a force of nature. She drove women's basketball to new heights. The Iowa-LSU game recorded the highest television ratings in the history of women's basketball. Nearly 10 million Americans watched Clark take on the Tigers. Next season, I'll follow Caitlin Clark from start to finish. Next season, if the right teams make it to the women's final four, they'll do better ratings than the men. That's my prediction. If Caitlin Clark is in the final four next year and there's some woman named Paige that plays for UConn that they say she's pretty good too, and then if LSU uh, with Angel Reese and her loud mouth and, and Don Staley's whining South Carolina team, they make it to the Final Four? Holy cow. Th those ratings will dwarf the men. So you know what? <clears throat> Democrats want Caitlin Clark on their team because Democrats are smart like that. They control the culture. They want to use Caitlin Clark to reach sports fans and moderate conservatives. Democrats are praying that Clark is a member of their most important constituency, the Alphabet Mafia. Yep. <laughs> Let's deal with the elephant in the room. Jill Biden does not care about upsetting the LSU Tigers or black voters. LSU star Angel Reese called Biden's dual White House invitation a joke. Reese's teammate, Alexis Morris, tweeted, 
Michelle Obama, can we, LSU national champs, come celebrate our win at your house? Jill Biden and Democrat strategists are laughing with joy. Iowa at the White House with the Bidens and LSU at the Black House with the Obamas is the dream scenario. Both houses serve the same God, agenda, and constituency. The BLM, LGBTQ+, Silent P, Alphabet Mafia. The alleged race war is clever camouflage for the real culture war taking place in America. The real war is over gender and sexuality. It's a proxy war initiated by Satan to dislodge America from Christian values. Democrats have sent black people to the front lines of this gender war under the false belief they're fighting the KKK. Except the Democrats, they call them the Proud Boys or the Oath Keepers or whatever name they've come up with, whatever group the FBI has infiltrated to be the face of white supremacy. And you got all these black people on the front lines. Oh, I'm fighting the KKK. This is just like the 1960s. Oh my God, I'm reliving. Oh, I'm, I'm marching on Selma. We're, we're, we're the Edmund Pettus Bridge. Oh, I'm in this race war and everybody standing around them has purple hair and has convinced themselves that they're a man living in a woman's body. And no one can shake up, shake themselves and spot the reality. Why am I surrounded by the alphabet mafia? I thought this was a race war. Because it's not a race war. That's the dumb doo-doo they sell you and you believe and buy to go fight in their sexuality war. LeBron James, he's the Uncle Sam of the Democrat Party. He's plastered on posters telling black people, we want you for the Black Lives Matter Army, which is just a front group for the alphabet mafia. The Bidens want to recruit Caitlin Clark for a more explicit alphabet mafia propaganda campaign. Guess who the number one demographic is for women's basketball? Who does that appeal to most? Lesbians and drag queens. When the WNBA finals are going on in your city, you can't buy a strap on anywhere in that city. They're sold out. Caitlin Clark is the first women's basketball star to reach an audience outside the base. She's not Anna Kornikova, the sultry pinup tennis star. Clark is all baller. The attraction is Clark's game, not her sex appeal. She's relatable. She's not an overly muscled giant. She's not tatted. She's not Brittany Griner. Clark is skilled, and yes, she's white and homegrown. When the national anthem played, Clark and the Hawkeyes looked like the song meant something to them. LSU did not take the court for Sunday's national anthem. The Bidens want to groom Clark for leadership. 
No one needs to groom Angel Reese and Alexis Morris, or even Don Staley, the South Carolina coach. Their entire identities are tied to the Democratic Party. From abortion, to same-sex marriage, to transgenderism, there's no Democrat policy black women or men will object to over religious or moral principle. Nothing. There's nothing we won't do for the privilege of writing books, giving speeches, and pontificating on TV about white racism, and a corporate job in a diversity, equity, and inclusion department, black elites pledge unconditional loyalty to the Democratic Party. You toss in an autographed picture of Barack and Michelle Obama, and most black voters will volunteer as entertainment at a same-sex party on Epstein Island. Yeah, we're, we're that cheap. I'm sorry if you don't like it. I, I, I'm, it, it repulses me how cheap we are and how easy we are to throw out our values to fight in this gender and sexuality war while we lie to ourselves and pretend like we're fighting in some sort of racial war and we're fighting for our racial survival. We're, we're that cheap, that simple-minded, that easy. We're blow-up dolls for the Democratic Party. That's why Jill Biden would go to that game, watch the predominantly black team, beat the all-white team, and say, this is what she basically did to LSU. I need this little white girl because y'all, y'all don't care about yourself, you don't respect yourself, you'll do anything I tell you to do. If we pulled Jeffrey Epstein up out of the grave right now, and I told you to drop to your knees and pleasure this man, you all would do it. She don't care about Angel Reese, Alexis Morris, or any of them. You're taken for granted. That's why she feels comfortable inviting Iowa to LSU's White House party. Angel Reese ain't going nowhere. The Bidens don't know what Caitlin Clark is going to do. They want to secure her support and the support of all the sports fans who love her. It's a smart play in a game of chess. Caitlin Clark can reach far more independent voters than LeBron James. They got LeBron. LeBron's a soldier in that army. He's the poster child, the useful idiot in their army. They're recruiting Caitlin Clark. Her support is up for grabs. Who knows what team she plays on? This is all political. You have to take the racial blinders off and deal with reality. The, the race thing is settled. Let me break some news to you, black folks. We lost. Our families are destroyed and in total chaos.
Joe Biden, LBJ, the whole Democratic Party ran through us. Ain't no race war. Ain't nobody care about, uh, ain't nobody making decisions based on race. We're taken for granted. There's no, we've been destroyed by their policies and keep signing up for more and more of their policies. We keep pretending, oh, we the most, you know, black people, we conservative. We re we religious, except on anything that matters. If they, you know, hey, throw your religious beliefs out the window and support transgenderism. Done. Throw your religious beliefs out the window and support abortion. Done. Throw your religious beliefs out the window and support same-sex marriage. Sign me up. Give me a man to marry. That's how obedient we are. While sitting around pretending like some proud boys that ain't none of us never seen, don't know, ain't in our neighborhoods, have no impact on our lives. We only hear about them on TV. Oh, the proud boys in Charlottesville. Oh my God. Crips and bloods will run through your neighborhood and shoot up everybody. You won't utter or say a word, but you're on the lookout for the proud boys. It's embarrassing. They're shoving it in your face. Literally. There was a picture. I wish I had asked y'all to grab this picture. Maybe you can look it up while I'm talking. But there's a picture of Jill Biden at that women's uh, national championship game. She's sitting up in the audience, Billie Jean King's off to one side, and she, she's surrounded by all these female lieutenants in the Alphabet Army. And y'all think Jill Biden is, is, is thinking about y'all. There, there, yeah, there's the picture right there, yeah. That, those are lieutenants in the Alphabet Army. I don't dislike these women. I get they're playing for a team. I don't play for. I don't they I don't dislike them, but Jill Biden's letting you know who she's down with and what this is all about. Give a damn about black people, black women. We're taken for granted. We will support anything they tell us. We're pet animals, dogs for the Democrat party. They don't have to recruit us. She's reaching out to Caitlin Clark in Iowa because they have to be recruited. They have to be groomed. They have to be offered real tangible things for their support. It's no racist play. Even, you know, even though, again, uh, not that I think Jill Biden is any friend of ours, but they're doing business. This is politics. Take the racial blinders off and look at the big picture. Quit playing 1D chess or even half D chess. As, again, as Roy said, this is a game of 12D. This thing is so layered and so deep 
and, and we can't afford to have this simplistic mindset of everything is about race, particularly when that has been settled. We bought all of their policies and adopted them, and we're paying the consequences for them. Our kids can barely read at a high school level. Our men don't work. Our women have no use for men. And y'all think they sitting around worried about us? We're an afterthought. The alphabet people are the priority. It's their war now. We've been conquered. We signed up to be alphabet soldiers. And many of us have no idea that that's the team we're fighting for. But it is. Uh, I, that came off a bit more angry than I anticipated, but I guess I'm angry. Uh, I apologize. I want to invite those of you that uh, actually want to fight in a different war, war, actually want to fight on God's team, I want to invite you all to Nashville uh, in 11 days, April 15th. There's still time for you to sign up. We're very close to selling out, but I want you all to go to fearlessarmyrollcall.com. I want you to join us here in Nashville so you can get an explanation about what team you're supposed to be on who you're supposed to be fighting for. God, his will, his vision. Come up out of this little foolish racial idolatry war that they have you trapped in. Come up off Satan's team. And again, I don't have everything figured out. I'm not the smartest person on the planet, in this room, at this event. But I do have good instincts. I do have common sense. I'm not going to play for the team that wants to murder our babies in the womb, that want to sanction the, the mutilation of young children as they cut their penises off, destroy their vaginas, cut their breasts off in some kind of gender confusion war that they have going on. I'm not going to debate whether men can get pregnant. I'm not going to be hostile to truths that are spelled out in the first chapters of Genesis. Y'all can debate that dumb or, or, or play on the team that wants to debate that. I'm not. And you shouldn't. Come up out of it. Come accept the challenge, the responsibility of being men and leaders. We, we, the, the last thing I want to say, because I, I want to get to Delano, but I need, go to fearlessarmyrollcall.com. Delano will be speaking there. I'll be speaking there. We got music, fun, the whole deal. But the, the, the I lost my train of thought. Sucks getting old. 
when I'm, I'm too hyped up, too angry, and I don't want to speak out of anger. But I, I do want you to come up out of the delusion that, oh, this was the point I wanted to make. That this is, but I, I would, I need to get into it with Royce or TJ Moe or Steve Kim or whatever, but are, are, are we watching what's going on in the sports world in terms of, and I don't want to give you too much to think about. I've already unpacked the Caitlin Clark in, in one way, and I don't want anybody to think I got a problem with Caitlin Clark or Iowa or any of these, but I can just see what's going on. And this whole elevation of women's sports. And, it's not, and I enjoyed the games. I'm going to follow women's college basketball next season. But I can see where this is going. They're trying to unseat and they're having success. They're going to unseat men in the sports world. This plan is coming together beautifully because of the neglect of men. We have neglected institutions and entertainment options that have served men well. We've neglected and we've destroyed men's college basketball with the one and done and all these kids must be allowed to go straight to the NBA or else it's racially exploitive. Everything is always explained as, oh, it's racism. They won't let them go to the NBA because of racism. We have to let them do it. And we just go for that. When I was saying for years, hey, there's a way that the NBA can pay, in conjunction with the television networks, can pay these men to stay in college basketball, develop their brands, become big stars in the college game, and then take that to the NBA. That's the best process for the NBA and for men's college basketball. Instead, David Stern and the other secular Jewish elites decided to go a different direction with the NBA. They're going to destroy college basketball. And they've done it. And they've done it. And you know what's replacing them? Now, women's college basketball. And you know why they want women at the head of that? Because they know women's college basketball. What's the demographic? Who will they be installing as big stars and brand influencers? Who? Will it be uh, young heterosexual women who want to be wives and mothers? Or will it be young Billie Jean Kings? Not to demonize Billie Jean King, but she plays for a different team. She's part of the feminist, matriarchal, alphabet mafia movement. And that's what they're going to make college sports about. Empowering the next batch of Billie Jean Kings. We've allowed it. We've neglected men's sports. And that's why no one cares about San Diego State UConn and everybody cares about Iowa and LSU. And we're gonna see more and more and more of that. And those of you with kids and young sons, are going to be watching them displaced at the high school and college level by the next generation of Billie Jean Kings. Good luck with it. You did that. Congratulations. Milano Squires next.
atheists, the secular world, the culture uses our imperfection, our sins to take, shut up. You, you're, you can't stand on truth. And if all it was was imperfection, it eliminated us from standing on truth, this would be a very quiet place. I'm trying to be as loud as I can and as transparent as I can to try to inspire other men. We know you're imperfect, you know you're imperfect. God's grace and mercy, mercy gives you the right to stand on his truth and to speak that loudly into the culture, we, we have to do that. You can look around and say, these guys have taken over everything. They own the CDC, the NIH, they got the president. Is transgender surgery for children? Colleges today are nothing but leftist indoctrination centers working fully against the Bible. What's the alternative? So you're gonna stop fighting today and you're gonna let the government raise your kids? and you're gonna turn around and let them chop off your 12-year-old daughter's breasts and let them sterilize your son and tell him that he's a girl, and you're gonna let them make the Bible hate speech, you're the last line of defense here because nobody else is gonna do it, and God's gonna walk with you. This is literally worth dying for. Absolutely. I'm telling you, so it's like everybody, it's a nice little metaphor. This is it. If there's a hill to die on, this is it. The Overton window has been moved right in front of our children's bedrooms, and there are all types of people that are trying to climb up in the ladder and every good father should be on his post so that when they peek their head up over the, the window sill, you kick the ladder back down, let them know you, you move on to the other house because we're not playing that around here. Sometimes just standing up, just saying no, we're not going to do that. Not my marriage, not my kids, not my family, not my community, not my church, not my city. Just declaring that, that's victory enough in prepping his disciples, he tells Peter, he's like, listen, Satan desires to sift you as wheat, but I've prayed for you. We're gonna face some ups and downs in life and we're not gonna always get it together. But if we stay on the path, if we stay chasing after, running after Jesus, running after his way, he's even praying for us. Now, I, I like it when you pray for me, Jason and TJ. I appreciate that, but to have Jesus pray for me, that makes me feel pretty good. When you make it through this sifting process, go back and strengthen your brothers. So we all have a responsibility as men. Once he's delivered me through this, I have a responsibility to go back and bring some other folk out. You do a roll call to just let people know you're not alone, be confident in your positions, and we're gonna inspire you. We're gonna eat, fellowship, listen to some music. It's gonna be the first of many roll calls that we do. So we're looking for soldiers. We're gonna put on our best uh, recruiting pitches for soldiers. Welcome back. Uh, before we get to Delano, I want to tell you about uh, a new movie coming out. Pretty sure it's something you're going to want to see. I've already seen it. It's by the same people who made God's Not Dead and Unplanned. The movie's called Nefarious. You've seen the poster of the trailer. It looks great, but it looks a little scary. I've seen it. It is a little scary. It's a bit of a horror film, but it's more of a psychological thriller. It's based on a book by my good friend, friend of the show, Blaze, the Blazers' own Steve Dace. It's more like a C.S. Lewis book, Screw Tape Letters. 
I like to call it uh, interview with a demon. <laughs> a psychiatrist is called into a prison to meet with a convicted killer who's about to be executed. The killer says he's a demon named Nefarious, and the psychiatrist, who doesn't believe in God or demons, has to decide if the man is insane, pretending to be insane, or, ah, eh, I won't give it away. But let's just say that the psychiatrist, he's a little bit out of his depth. This supernatural thriller is perfect for your friends who love scary films, but more than that, they love going to church. You're going to have some great conversations afterwards. Nefarious opens nationwide the weekend of April 14th. Mark the date and get your tickets now at whoisnefarious.com. That is whoisnefarious.com. I've already seen the movie. I can authentically uh, recommend the movie to you. It is good. You guys know I'm very, very hard critic on movies. I walk out of most, most movies. If I don't walk out, I fall asleep in movies. I, I would say 50% of movies I walk out on, another 20% I'm bored with, and then there's that 30% that I actually enjoy. Did I do that math right, 50%, 20%? Yeah, I think I did that math right. There's about 30% of movies I actually enjoy and can wholeheartedly recommend. If I like a movie, you'll love a movie. If I love a movie, you'll actually think it's one of the greatest things you've ever seen. This movie gets my full endorsement. This ain't because me and Steve Dace are friends. I've tweeted about this when I saw the movie a couple of months ago. Movie's great. Go see it. All right. Now we can get to uh, my main man, Delano Squires, get a little smarter with this conversation. Delano has written a column today that I think has uh, synergy with uh, what... I was talking about today as it relates to uh, Caitlin Clark. Delano has written this. Delano's column is a, a little bit personal for me just because he's writing about William C. Roden, longtime sports columnist, was with the New York Times for a long time. He now writes for uh, ESPN's website called Anscape that used to be uh, the undefeated. He's writing about the transgender issue as it relates to women's college basketball. William Roden's most known for writing a book called uh, $40 Million Slaves. Uh, Delano describes a man who has turned into the uh, $40,000 rainbow overseer. Uh, Delano, uh, unpack your column and what William Roden is, is talking about, and, and then you and I are going to dive into this. Sure. So, Jason, when I when I saw the column on Anscape, um, it talked about Title IX and how, quote unquote, trans athletes, which always means men who think they are women, um, how those athletes are going to be you know, accommodated in, in college basketball. And from the from the beginning, you could tell that, you know, William Rowling is taking a sympathetic stance on this particular issue. So he, he, he talks to Kim Mulkey, talks to Don Staley. He talks to the coach at Virginia Tech, uh, Coach Brooks, and it is clear from reading this that everyone involved in this piece, particularly the adults, are completely scared of offending the trans lobby, right? Of offending the, the, the pride power movement. And my piece basically makes the point that William Roden, a man 
who, as you said, is most famous for writing about $40 million slaves and arguing that black athletes have sort of lost their revolutionary streak because they've been handcuffed by all the money that they've amassed. Um, he now is the official scribe of, of the Rainbow Brigade. And he picks up his pen, puts his hand to the plow every day without question, um, while being watched by overseers at ESPN, rainbow whip in hand. And, and while he has passed his prime, the primary role that William Roden and men like him, Kevin Blackstone, to a lesser extent Mike Wilbon, the primary role that they play in today's social landscape is to keep other men like them in line. And I made the point, they are so well-trained, Jason, that they will go after a free man and, and make him think that he's a slave. So when Tony Dungy says, you know, he, he supports biblical sexual ethics, marriage between one man, one woman, you know, biblical definitions of man and woman, um, his pro-life sort of advocacy, here comes Kevin Blackstone, right? Right to the plow. Tony Dungy is basically a white supremacist and, you know, uh, and a racist and a bigot. And, and then in jumps Dr. Harry Edwards again, another man, you know, faux revolutionary, right? Who might have been radical in the 60s, but now he's part of the status quo and he's calling Tony Dungy a bigot. So my, my entire point is that that entire generation of men have been defanged. There is nothing in them that's revolutionary anymore. And that's because the revolution has been corporatized. And, and Bill Roden, Harry Edwards, Kevin Blackstone, and, and the people like them and the journalists that come underneath them, the Jamel Hills, the, the Bomani Joneses, the Ryan Clarks, have no problem saying Donald Trump is a racist, have no problem criticizing you know, any white player who they feel has made a racial microaggression. But if you ask them to, to, to uh, define the word woman, or to comment on whether men should be in women's sports, then it's gonna be fumbling and stumbling and tiptoeing all around. So, um, I, and, I, and I say this as someone who, I, I respect my elders and I respect people who've come before me. But if you're going to paint yourself as a revolutionary, as someone who s speaks truth to power, then I'm going to need you to at least be able to say um, that, that a man is not a woman and a woman is not a man. And, and here's where I'll end. And you know this, Jason, a lot of black folk get online, talk about what, what they would have done if they was in the civil rights movement. Man, if, they, if the police put them dogs on me, I, I ain't finna take that. I'll be, I'll be out in the streets and I'll be doing this and I'll burn it down. But it's hard for me to think that someone is going, would have stood against the color line in 1963 when they can't even, can't even affirm the sex binary in 2023. Um, and that's where all of these people find themselves. So you just rattled off names of guys that I know them all. I mean, and these are my peers. These are people, many of them I used to be close with. Had a, I, I, I once, when Bill Roden had the uh, book out, $40 Million Slave, I introduced him in Kansas City when he hosted a book signing there and a conversation, and I think I hosted that conversation, was the moderator of that conversation. Bill is someone I've known many, many years, same with Kevin Blackystone. You, you threw Mike Wilbon in there, someone <laughs> I, I, I certainly greatly respected. I'm, I'm just like, man, and, and obviously I've, at one time, I had a relationship with Jamel Hill, and 
was trying to had a relationship with Bomani Jones. And and what is fascinating, where I think the synergy and what we're talking about is, is what has blown my mind away is how supportive they all are on this LGBTQ plus IA silent P transgender mm -hmm. deal. Mm -hmm. it, it's like that is their master. And and it's our master. As as and I'm not talking about me and you, I'm just talking about us as black people. It, it, it this racial dynamic is like a little fake war that mm -hmm. we're out here fighting the race war. It's the 1960s, and we're, that's what Bill Roden's really about. And what you are exposing is like, no, what he's really fighting is the transgender war. Look at this column. He's endorsing this without any shame. He knows that's his job, and you have every right to question whether, like, does he really believe this? The Bill Roden I was reading in the 90s and 2000s, was he really just a, a alphabet soldier in hiding that whole time? Or is he doing this because they've told him to do this and he has no choice? And if that is the case, quit pretending that you're a revolutionary. You're just a hired mercenary in the alphabet war. Absolutely. And, and to be fair, I'm, I'm not going to assume how anyone lives their personal life, because I don't know these people personally. I don't know what people do in, the, in, you know, the sort of the privacy of their own home. But here's what I do know. The last thing that someone who has built their identity on oppression wants to be seen as, as is as the oppressor of someone else. And the, the pride power movement understands this very well. So not only have they hijacked the language of the civil rights movement, um, they have taken the rhetoric and basically turned it around on black folk and are using it um, like a weapon and are holding people like Bill Roden and you know all the other people that I'm talking about, they're holding them at gunpoint. And, 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 it's, and, it's, not just, and it's not just him, because I talk about in the piece when he asked um, the LSU coach and then Don Staley about their views on this topic, and, and kudos to him for at least asking it, because most people don't even want to touch it. Both of them started out by saying, well, I, I, I want to be sensitive. I don't want to offend anybody. Now, these are women who hyper-competitive, you know, top of their game, last two national champions, right, have, have, have built a career, I'm sure they would say, fighting against the patriarchy, fighting to have women included, fighting for Title IX, Kim Mulkey fighting against sexism, Dawn Staley fighting against the intersection of sexism and racism. And Bill, Bill Roden asked them, hey, do you think we should make Joanna Man uh, turn it from a comedy into a docudrama, and they well I'm not, I don't I don't I don't I don't want to say anything. So what's clear to me, if this is to your point, is that one phobia beats two isms. That's that's the way the hand gets dealt nowadays. And these women who will say that they've been fighting sexism and sexism plus racism are now have been backed into the corner for fear of being called transphobic and bigoted. And as I've said before, in other, in other appearances, the most powerful and influential women in America, oftentimes feminists of one stripe or another, have finally found a group of men they're willing to submit to. 
because it's easy for Dawn Staley to take a stance about, you know, against playing at, at BYU because that's a, a university in Utah is 80% white, 95% Mormon. It's easy for her to take that stance and, and play, you know, woman king of, of you know, the NC uh, women's uh, college basketball. It's easy for her to do that. But when you ask her, hey, should, should if, if LeBron James or if Bronny James all of a sudden say, you know what, competition's a little tight, you know, on the men's circuit, I'm going to identify a la Wade for the next two years as a woman, and I'm going to go and play college basketball. If you ask her whether that's a good thing, she's moonwalking like Michael Jackson. So I don't listen to any of these people who beat their chest and talk about uh, how brave they are, how revolutionary, how revolutionary they are, or any of this other nonsense. If you cannot speak timeless truth, because Jason, this is not even about you know same-sex mirage. This is not about whether two men or two women should be able to get married. This is this is about affirming truth. If you cannot do that, if you are too scared or too ignorant to do that, you should not be in a position of leadership because cowards make terrible leaders because all that stands between you and selling out everyone and everything that you, everyone you know and everything you believe in is having the political pressure turned up high enough and and that's what you're seeing now so that's what i'm saying all these these chirpy women and 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 the dudes that you know, think that they were Colin Kaepernick back in the day. They had the, the full-length leather. They had the dashiki. They had the fists in the air. They're toothless. Because, because when them overseers at ESPN start cracking that rainbow whip, they say, oh, man, let's, we, we loved Tony Dungy 10 years ago. He, he was an icon. He was a trendsetter. He was a barrier breaker. But now he's a bigot and a white supremacist. Please. It's, it's really sad, and I think it... it, it, it this conversation, which you wrote about, has great synergy with what, in my view, what I wrote about in terms mm-hmm. of people are trying to figure out Jill Biden. Why is she offering up Iowa? Hey, you guys come to the White House, too. She, she knows that that's going to sound offensive to the LSU players. She knows that uh, some black people are going to be offended by that. But she doesn't care. The Biden administration Mm. doesn't care because their real agenda is Iowa and the caucus in Iowa that Mm -hmm. could end Mm -hmm. up being important if if her husband gets challenged for the Democratic nomination. And then more than anything, it's, it's about the LGBTQ deal and women's basketball is something that appeals to the alphabet crowd. And and LSU with Kim Mulkey, and again, I, I know Kim Mulkey. Kim Mulkey, flawed person like anybody else, but uh, is a believer, uh, caught some heat because she wouldn't let Brittany Griner just go full bull, what bull, I'm not going to say mm-hmm. it, but wouldn't let her just live her lifestyle out in the open while at Baylor. Didn't mm-hmm. support Brittany Griner's whole little incarceration gimmick or whatever that was over in Russia. And, and so Kim Mulkey is a woman. I, I think the Bidens want to know where the Iowa basketball team stands 
where mm-hmm. Caitlin Clark stands, and 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 want, because they know that Caitlin Clark's going to be important and potentially the most important woman in college sports or in sports. I mean, she could, you know, she could end up replacing Serena now that Serena has retired. And so they're out recruiting Caitlin Clark, in my view, uh, to be a spokesman for the Democratic Party. They want to get their hooks in her early. That's what I think this is clearly about. So, so Jason, you, you made me think about this in a, in a different way because I hadn't seen that aspect. I just thought, you know, Dr. Jill Biden was, you know, speaking in the moment, a little tone deaf, not reading the room. Obviously, she probably has, you know, some black surrogates around her who, who got in her ear and told her how this was playing out in social media and particularly on Twitter. And that's why you see that they've, they've since pulled back and tried to clean up the statement. Um, but but I definitely think you're on to something. And, and the one part that I wholeheartedly agree on is that Democrats know that black voters, particularly black women, are not going anywhere. They're not going anywhere. These are women who spent almost two years calling Joe Biden, Uncle Joe, allowing him to sniff their hair when, when he was out at uh, different events, you know, cheering on when Cardi B interviewed him. So they they know that 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 you know, these, these women are not going to go anywhere. They, they may get a little bit upset and want to run to the Obamas and, you know, go to their house and celebrate with, with uh, you know, Barack and Michelle. But they, but they know that they're not going anywhere. Um, Alphabet's but to, welcome there. Ex- exactly, exactly. So, but, but to the larger point, um, I do agree that the pride power movement has completely colonized and supplanted the civil rights movement. Um, the civil rights movement, as as we knew it, right, the, the struggle for, um, as people, some people may say, black liberation, racial justice, is over. It is over. It's done. Now, in some ways, that's that's a, in, in many ways, that's a great thing. I just show, it shows that, you know, this is a country, a large country. Opportunities are wide open, and and if you work hard and and. You know, particularly if you have support from your family, you got a, a great faith foundation, you can you can do great things. And even if you don't have those things, some people are just so supremely talented that they can just make it work. But right now, the, the, the Democrats clearly prioritize all things related to pride, sex, sexuality and gender identity over anything related to race. They will throw black folks a few a few scraps but they understand something that we don't. Politics is a business. Businesses incur insp- expenses in order to sell products. A good entrepreneur understands the difference between those two things. So they will, they will pay you know, a sum of money um, for electricity, for water, you know, for the delivery of products, for merchandise, in order to, to sell something. Now, the expenses are all the racial justice stuff. They're willing to pay those expenses because they, they know that we think that that's their main product, but it's not. They're willing to pay lip service to racial justice. They're willing to pay lip service to unions. They're willing to play, pay lip service to um, fighting gun violence, all that other stuff, in order to sell their main products. And right now, it's pride, it's abortion, and then in, a, in a, a more distant third is climate change. Those are the main products of the National Democratic Party. 
And the LGBT stuff appeals to them because it's a growth market. They've, they've spent the last 60 years convincing, uh, well, I say 30 years convincing black women to kill their own offspring. So we, we are a population that's, that's frozen at 13%, and 20% of Gen Z Americans identify as LGBT. So you're right. You know, this is a smart political play for the Bidens. And if they can recruit Caitlin Clark, and I, obviously I don't, I don't know her background, I hope she has a strong base, I hope she has a strong faith, and that she can actually be a champion for women's sports. But you know they're going to try to recruit her. And it's just like, you know, some girls, you grew up in a city, you know, Indianapolis, New York, Philadelphia. There's that one girl's high school where you know if you go there, they're going to turn you out. And, you know, a lot of girls come back with, with horror stories. And in many respects, there's an aspect, a, a segment of uh, women's basketball that's like that. Actually, I remember a, a WNBA star spoke out a couple years ago talking about how hostile the league was to straight women. So... Yeah, I, I see the play, and I think your analysis of it is is spot on. Everything today is about pride, and and they know that. To your point, there there is a, a large segment of the black uh, political population who do not mind playing the harlot to the Democratic uh, Party's priorities. And as you said, we we will we will completely discard the faith that we claim to have and make up excuses as to why, you know, we've abandoned our definitions of marriage and why we now think that men can get pregnant. Here's the deal that I feel like has been cut, and you know, combining the two topics together, your column and mine. It, it feels like to me for William Roden and uh, Michael Eric Dyson and just uh, Jamel Hill and mm-hmm. Bomani and for all of them, it, it, the deal that's cut is like, hey, we're going to give you a job. You don't have to really develop your craft because you, you're just going to be a one-trick pony. Mm. Go on TV and write columns about racism. Just mm-hmm. go. Your job, put a battery in your back, and you can say as Anything you want about race, you can say anything you want about white people and Christians related to race. You'll never face any resistance. We, we won't let anyone challenge you. We've got social media rigged up that, you know, there won't be much challenge and it'll all be framed as, well, those are racist people. But, but so take this deal. You can have this platform. You can have this job. But there's these critical issues we're gonna need you to be allies on. And the number one issue is when you sign on that dotted line, it's like, so LGBTQIA+, mm-hmm. silent P, you're gonna sell all of that. We're gonna let you scream racism, and blah, blah, but you gotta sell all these other letters in the alphabet. And, and that to me, when I, when I read the piece you sent me of Bill Rodens, that I was like, man, this dude took the incomplete deal. He's out here selling the transgender thing. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that's the deal that's being cut. Because I, I look at people say just really illogical things about race, and, and they face no resistance, no pushback for it. But trust me, if they step out of line on this transgender issue, watch all that change and watch them all get silenced. J- just mm-hmm. like you said, they got a rainbow whip 
they will whip. That's that's the one thing they'll bring out and get that Negro twenty lashes with the rainbow yep. whip. He didn't sell it hard enough, but that's the deal that all these people seem to have cut. Joy Reid is a you know that. Say as much illogical, stupid, racist stuff as you want. We'll cover for it. We'll pay you for it. But because think of Joy Reid. Go back to her blogs. This woman was raised in the mm-hmm. church. She had a biblical worldview. She gave it all away for a paycheck. Yep. This this is the twenty pieces of silver they talk about it. She took it, and and you know, and and, and anybody that doesn't take the deal is called an idiot. Or, or a sellout. <laughs> the people that turn down the deal are the sellouts. The, the, the irony is, is so rich there. Um, a couple of things you said. One, and, 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 I, and I'll say this, and I think this will resonate with you and it's resonating with me more, as people who um, are dedicating themselves and have been dedicated to a particular craft, um, the quality of writing and thinking, particularly as it relates to publications focused on black folk, has, I mean, gone straight into the toilet, I'd say over the last 10 years. I mean, for whatever people may, you know, whatever disagreements people may have with Ta-Nehisi Coates and his analysis, Ta-Nehisi Coates was a good writer. Now he went into a, a blue period where he became, to, to me, sort of fatalistic, and it, it, was, it was predictable writing, but he has a way with words. These other people, Jason, the, the one thing that I look forward to with the emergence of chat GPT and AI is that all of these jokers are gonna be out of a job because their columns are basically some version of insert white man doing something bad to black people, insert you know some media phony controversy, they're trying to ban black history. Um, they're trying to do it because they're afraid uh, white people's powers being threatened, and they respond by insert racism, sexism, homophobia, transphobia, xenophobia, Islamophobia, so on and so on and so forth. Insert this is what happened 60 years ago, so on and so on and so forth. And this is why we need to fight again, like it was, you know, 1964. And and peace submit. It's garbage. The root is garbage. The grill is garbage. Because all the, and, and, and you named all these different people, and, and all of them I would put under the banner of the Afristocracy, the black progressive politicians, pundits, professors, preachers, and performers, the black ruling class has completely sold its soul. And that's what, I, I responded to uh, Torre, right? I have one of his books at home, Who's Afraid of Post-Blackness. I remember when he had some funny clips when he interviewed R. Kelly. This guy, you know, he used to be an actual journalist. And now he posted a picture of a drag queen reading to kids and, and somebody asked him, hey, are you def- going to defend this? And he was like, I'm going to f- defend this all day long. And I'm saying to myself, what kind of grown man defends some other grown man dressing like a caricature of a woman and being around somebody's children? What kind of weirdo is this? But the, the f- back in the day, Jason, the freaks came out at night and now they come out on Twitter and they don't mind displaying who they are, you know, all day long. So yeah, this this is only going to get worse. This Right now we're at about a, a 99.9 fever. And I've, and I've seen my kids get up to 102, 103, maybe 104. So it's, it's gonna get worse because this is how an entire generation of young people are being trained. 
They have no thoughts. They have no way of explaining the world. They have no worldview outside of racism, systemic racism, which is always, the definition is always morphing and changing, right? It's, it's, it's not the same as it used to be. It's secret now, it's more pernicious. So it's unfortunate because the, the, the sad fact is that many of us, even black folks who you know may describe ourselves as center right, we have loved ones who we know are not, you know, not down for this pride stuff, who they feed at the trough of MSNBC, CNN, Joy Reid, uh, Don Lamont, uh, Jonathan Capehart, all these people, and their heads are being pumped full of this stuff all the time. It's hate Trump. It's it's we need bigger government, better white people in order for black people to succeed. And every single problem in our communities is explained through the lens of systemic racism. Everything, everything um, that, that has a, a disproportionate impact on black folk is described with systemic racism, except abortion. So that, that's, that's, the big, that's the big exception. And, and this is the difference between them and us, right? On this show, we regularly make the argument that a man, and in this case, let's say a black man, but a man in general, needs to find him a good thing, a wife, and create a family he's willing to die for. And the message from the aristocracy handed down by their white overseers is that black folk need to kill their own offspring. And that is the central difference between them and us. Thank you, Delano. I, I, I got to move on. I got a bone I want to pick with uh, Shamika. She's done something that's really irritated me. Uh, so, uh, Shamika Michelle, hit the likes. Hit the likes. Shamika Michelle next. All right, welcome back. We're going to roll out to North Carolina, uh, bring in Shamika Michelle. I think Shamika is trolling me. You guys, I'm not sure how many of you guys know, but uh, some guys in Kansas City developed this app, the approval rating app. We've been showing it to you on screen. These guys were fans of my show, Speak for Yourself, followed me over uh, to The Blaze. And, and the approval rating app is not like everybody can rate celebrities, movies, music, whatever. You can download the app in the App Store, Apple, Google, whatever. But Shamika is on here, and, and I want to, you to look at her Caitlin Clark approval rating. She's got Caitlin Clark at a 68. She, she, she rates her job performance at 22. Her character at 15, I'm not going to gripe about that. Uh, her, worth the dollars, she's got her at a 19. But here's what irritates it factor. It factor at a 12 for an overall total of 68 and a grease fire. Shamika, how can the woman who just created the highest rated women's basketball game in history all by herself. Wasn't nobody tuning in to watch LSU. They wanted to see this little white girl who, because she's a baller, 10 million people watch. She's got the whole country 
Jill Biden's trying to invite her to the White House even though she didn't win. How you gonna tell me this little white girl ain't got it? It's the, who's got more it right now than Caitlin Clark? How, well, Jason, how is this possible? Well, I gave you her gave Angel Reese a higher it factor score than Caitlin Clark. <laughs> how? Okay. So I gave her a 12 for all of those reasons that you described. Yes, I do think people tuned in. Yes, I do think she is the reason it was the highest rating. That's why she got a 12. But I had to not give her as many points because when I do it factors, a lot of times I include appearance. And I'm not Popeye or Brutus. So 12 was as high as I could go for those reasons you stated. Same with Angel Reese. I thought she's a little bit better looking, but I had to take off points for the eyelashes and the hair hat. So she only got three more points for actually being built more like a woman. Shamika, <laughs> I'm, the, hold on. There's descriptions there. I wanna go, hold on, yeah, it factor. Well, dang it, I was gonna say, oh. I'm looking at the description of It Factor, and it does say charisma, looks, and star power. I was gonna say, I was gonna criticize you for taking looks into an account in It Factor. <sighs> so, okay, but it says charisma, looks, and mm -hmm. star power. To, star power off the charts, Charisma off the charts. So two of the three categories, she's off the charts. How, a 12 makes no sense. Well, you know, appearance is a lot for some of us, and I am one of those people. But I don't, I don't know about star power being that much or charisma. I haven't really seen her, you know, be that charismatic. So she doesn't get that much um, for me for charisma. Did you watch the game? I watched bits and pieces of it, Jason, in between good conversation. I wasn't like locked on the game. <laughs> Do you know how hard it is for women to get 10 million people to watch a basketball game? Because again, there'll be 10 women on the court and only two or three of them actually have any skill at all. And Angel Reese ain't one of them. She's just tall. Them two guards for LSU are actually skilled, and, and Caitlin is skilled. It's hard to get 10 million people to watch women's basketball, and this woman did it all by herself. I, I just, this was outrageous to me. This isn't, <laughs> I don't want people to think, oh, this is just a gimmick. We like just want people to download that app. No, no, no. When I looked at this, because I get a notification on my, every time Shamika does some sort of update or whatever, I get a notification, I look, I was, oh, what did she do with Caitlin Clark? And I saw this 12, and I'm like, <laughs> stop the cap. And, and then when I saw you had Angel Reese rated higher than her, you got Angel Reese ahead of her in job performance. No, no, no. The, the, the little white girl is national player of the year. 
No, I don't have her ahead of her in job performance. Are you sure? Uh huh. Caitlin has a 22 in job performance. I gave Angel an 18 in job performance. So I gave the little white girl. Yeah, I gave her points even though she lost. And almost doesn't count, but I gave her a few points because. No, you gave Angel a 21 in job performance. Busted. You gave her no, a 21. I gave her an 18. I'm looking at the app. Me too. <laughs> oh, mine has, a, I need to refresh, huh? You got her, oh. Oh, no, you know what? I'm looking at my own rating. <laughs> <laughs> Not, yours. <laughs> Not yours. I'm looking at my own. My bad. Uh, all right. So you See, gave her, I'm fair. looking at my own. I gave her a 21, huh? I said I was fair, uh, although I feel like I could have taken Caitlin down some for not finishing. That always gets you a few points taken away. But not finishing, they they called a bogus technical foul on her and took her out of the game. They ruined the reps ruined it. Anyway, all right, that's all I got. That's a, listen, you can join this app and I can argue with you as well. You put some rating in here that I don't like. We may call you up and put you on the show so that I can berate you and get you right. So uh, join the approval rating app. Get at the app store on Apple, the Google store, wherever, if you got one of them Android phones. Anyway, <clears throat> that's it. That's all for us. Play some tomorrow. We'll see you tomorrow. Standing in line for freedom Looking for a breakout Feeling like a standoff Nothing in life like freedom Came like a fighter Striking like a ladder Making all this moves for freedom I want freedom No negotiation, my system No relation, we all just want to have freedom Sitting on the corner Never been alone I'm breaking my back for freedom Bless we are living, get back, we are receiving all the when we all want to be free. We want freedom. I just want, I want to be, I just want.